Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Stagman and his amazing friends. Uh, this week we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Donnie Cates. We have uh, some Twitter questions that we're going to get to uh, that you guys sent us before we did the first episode. And then uh, at the end you'll hear um, me and Griffin answering some emails that we got about the first episode. So uh, buckle in. <laughs> Enjoy. We're back for episode two. Uh, last time we spoke to you guys about Venom issue number one, director's commentary on Venom issue number one. You guys sent in a lot of awesome Twitter questions uh, for these creators. We're going to get to those right now. Donnie, Ryan, how are you guys feeling this week? Good, refreshed. Yep. Good and refreshed, especially since it's been about uh, 115 seconds. Since yeah, I got a lot episode, of work done. So I, I've missed you guys. Um, I don't know. I feel like it, uh, it's been a long time since we all got together like this. Me too. I think we should do it more often. Yeah. We're, we're almost at the finish line. I can, I can taste the wine that I've got waiting <laughs> for me upstairs. I can taste the uh, 20 pages of script I have to write tonight. All right. Everybody ready to get in these questions? Sure. Hey. All right. Our buddy... Dan Gavazin over at Amazing Spider Talk. He asks, what is a Venom number one? What do you guys have to say about that? It's, um, about, it's about a quarter of a million copies sold. Yeah. That's what it's, it is. Uh, it's four printings. We took we took out one whole forest <laughs> to make this thing. Yeah. What is a Venom <laughs> number one? I mean, it's, uh, it is one of the proudest achievements of my life. I'll say there that. you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll there you agree go, Dan. with that. Um, what else? What do we got next? At Gotham's Knights, uh, they ask, which were the key points you wanted the readers to grasps, uh, grasps right from the get-go in issue number one? Was there an alternate starting point ever in mind? Well, he answered that in the last one. Yeah, we talked about it in the last episode yep. Um, yep. about the kind of the different uh, false starts on the book mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that we had yeah. before landing. And it happens a lot. You know, I mean, the, 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 the media that you guys consume from books to comics to TV shows to films and stuff – there's so many different versions of them that, that, that are talked about and everything before they come out. The key points of the first issue, you know, I think more so than just like plot stuff, we wanted to, um, wanted to get an overall tone of what our, mm -hmm. our run was going to be about. Um, and certainly that was, um, was a, a narration style on my point. And I think certainly Ryan can speak to the, the casting a different tone. Yeah, no, I think that um, the thing that I wanted to get across was our, who our Eddie Brock was and he, that he was human and that he was uh, not a monster. He's, a, he's just a fucked up human with a fucked up symbiote. And uh, that was, you know, that was the important thing to me was to convey that sort of his, his life and his humanity. We've got a couple of... Uh pages on Twitter here, the let's talk about Venom, let's talk Carnage, let's talk Scream. All the symbiotes seem to have their own little fan page, and they've thrown in some questions cool. here. Um, like, how did you choose slash come up with the idea of the spiral? Uh, we talked about that. That's, mm -hmm. some, you know, Lovecraftian stuff. Um, and then, I guess, what inspired you to write about the origins of the symbiotes in Reveal, previously unseen parts of 
the symbiote's history. So what, I guess, is, like, what made you go, let's go backwards and and have that propel us forward instead of just uh, kind of starting with something that was going on in, in comics right well, now? Well, yeah, I mean, it speaks to that idea that we talked about last week, which was um, this idea of trying to carve out a corner for Venom that is his own and trying to build... <laughs> Um, his identity as a character, not just Eddie, but as a, a, a franchise, frankly. Um, and you know, we spoke about last week about this idea that uh, you know, Punisher started out as a Spider-Man bad guy. Uh, Saber Two started out as an Iron Fist bad guy. Wolverine started out as a Hulk bad guy. But people got in there, and they, these creators were very interested in the character, and they carved out their own mythology and their own, and their own world. Well, for the most part, Venom's origin and his mythology is tied to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Um, and I wanted to take, uh, let's take more steps back. Let's, let's keep going. And, you know, certainly, uh, Bendis did some of that, um, in his Guardians of the Galaxy run where they went to the planet of the symbiotes and we kind of learned a little bit more about that there. Certainly we had to take some of that into account, but I thought, well, fuck, there's more though. Let's, let's keep pushing and you know, if every every species kind of has its, uh, you know, uh, for well, for lack of a better term, the origin of the species, then um, going back to it, then let's let's what is their deity? If they're a if they're a wholly uh, connected uh, community of of these um, you know sentient species that have evolved essentially from um, from something different than what we know of uh, of them to be now, then right, and they would have. Um, they would have their own thoughts and ideologies and stuff. And uh, the idea was floated around for a while. I say floated around by me in my head with the different voices in my head that like maybe they're a patchwork theology because of them being like kind of a nomadic species that would like take from different aspects of the things that they were bonded to, right? But then I started going back and back and back and thought that like uh, it's a really good opportunity here for a really great... Um, nemesis is a really great idea for uh, to for this mythology to kind of work twofold for us to like give us um, our own little patchwork um, uh, uh, realm in the Marvel U that kind of no one was playing with at the time. Like you know, now we have the Immortal Hulk and a few other books that are actually doing uh, like some really great horror stuff. But at the time, like when Ryan and I got on Venom, like I was like, God damn, dude, no one's doing horror. Like no one's doing like dark elder god stuff like that, which is my shit. And I, I thought that was just a, just a perfect avenue to take Venom down. Um, and so, you know, building out his own mythology and building out uh, his own rogues, the first arc you have uh, the Grendel and Null, second arc you have his father coming back as a bad guy, and now we're going to get into what I believe is the Joker to his Batman, which is Cletus Cassie. I've always thought of um, as I've always thought of Cletus as way more of a Venom bad guy than a Spider-Man bad guy. So we're going to kind of port him over. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, but again, it goes back to what we were talking about last week, where we inherited this character thirty years in, but there's so much room to play. There's so much stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you inherit. A character like, you know, God, I don't know, um, uh, uh, the Hulk, right? And, like, he's been around for so long, and like, people have really mined some beautiful stuff out of that and really, like, gotten very deep with that character. You're not going to find a whole lot of backstory that hasn't been shined on, um, like, you know, parts of his history or his origin that you can't, that you, um, that you can kind of play with. With Venom, um, 30 years is a relatively young character, and so I just thought... Um, I don't know. We just kind of wanted to put our stamp on it and invent some shit. 
I think this is this happens a lot with characters where they they need somebody to come in and consolidate all of the mythology because you get you can get so conv- you know like cable for example like cable could use a makeover in the same way where you consolidate all the information cuz there's just so many different things you know and cable's a great character but it kind of makes him difficult for everybody to write so if somebody could do that with him is and you mentioned uh Green Lantern before Jeff Johns' Green Lantern. Right. Like, uh, that's a perfect example of what I think that we're doing on this book is, is I just think that Green Lantern has this power that can you know take him in all kinds of places, but it needed somebody to consolidate the information. And then suddenly Green Lantern became you know a whole generation's favorite character. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cosmic Ghost Rider is a character that was designed to be confusing from the jump. Uh, so someone really needs to come and fix that that whole fucking mess, right? That that he'll get his in thirty years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, everybody will still just around. keep fucking with him for thirty yeah. years, and then all of a sudden somebody will come in. His and story like, you know just what? gets There's more. Some really good stuff here. Every single show I go to, I have to like walk people through his fucking origin, and I was just like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" Because like I so obviously didn't know he was going to be popular, or else I would have never written that wild ass shit. Because I was like, I had to repeat that stuff for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. It's like, oh, this like Peter Parker gets fucking bit by a spider, and you have this classic character, and like Cosmic Ghost Rider is like, well, Thanos came to the end of the world, and he died, and then he went to hell, and he became a Ghost Rider, but then he came back to Earth, and Thanos had killed everybody, and so then he went insane, but then Galactus came, and then he became a Herald, and then he worked for Thanos, but then Silver Surfer killed him with, with a hammer, and then he went to Valhalla, but then Val he uh, got mad at him in Valhalla, and so he threw him back in time, and then he tried to kill a baby Thanos, but he couldn't, so he raised him, and it's just like fucking what am I doing with my life and then like now Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history will lead us all the way up to Guardians and the Guardian shit is fucking insane and then I happen to know what's happening with him after Guardians and that's going to be more insane so yeah someone's going to have to do a uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider rebirth and get rid of all this shit <laughs> well like you guys are saying with uh with with Johns and Green Lantern where you know stuff like rebirth and stuff like um uh, Bryce Day, Blackest Night, all those Green Lantern events from the past 20 years pretty much just like blew the doors open on totally. the mythology. And I think that's exactly what you guys are doing here with Venom is like really mining the mythology aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he is this cosmic entity. And when you get to the cosmic stuff, I think in particular, uh, like Green Lantern, that's when you really just have just endless amounts of time that you right. can say all this shit. Totally. Happens. And so yeah. that's my bread and butter, super, man, is that cosmic cool. stuff. And like, I just, I, you know, I, before I even realized what I was doing on Venom, like I bent him into like into some cosmic shit because I just so attracted to it. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg is one of my best friends in comics, and he he once kind of uh, casually told me he was like, I don't know how you write that cosmic stuff. There's like there's like no rules in like in space. And I was like, yeah, that's why I fucking love yeah, writing yeah, cosmic stuff. Exactly. You just do whatever the fuck you want. Like you, there's no canon to, to tell me that there wasn't a dark Lord of the void before there were stars. Cause like you can't prove shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. true in my mind. Yeah, that's probably true. You think Venom's going to start a whole real-life religion and people are going to start... I have a cult already, The Devil's Advocates. You can go to advocatescult.com and buy your merch. (laughs) We have have pens and patches and hats and you get a signed membership card from from your Dark Lord, uh, me. Stegman, are you uh, Devil's Advocates? 
Uh, I refuse to join. Hey, yeah, this I, I don't um, know if I can if I can stand. For I have him my to be. I have my own within my house where I tell my two children that I'm the uh, end all be all in all decision. Yeah, the alpha and the omega so. of the Stegman yeah. household, <laughs> and they, they believe it. So yeah, well they're young. <laughs> Sweet. Um, our next question. Take a look from uh, Collier C J Jennings. What was your reaction when you learned about the Grendel? So I guess uh, Ryan more so when you you know when you get the script and it's like and there's a symbiote dragon. Well, that like, it wasn't the script. It was Donnie calling me, and it was like that. So we kind of touched on it, but what was happening at the time was I had turned down a few jobs at Marvel. I was just like I I was feeling a little burnt out. wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was just like I thought I I was pretty sure I was going to go do a creator own book. I actually had one approved. Um. And they offered me this book, and they said, you know, think about it. We'll have, you know, talk to Donnie about it. And so that's when Donnie called, and he walked me through it, and he got about, you know, two paragraphs in and said, and then this giant dragon symbiote comes down. I was like, I think I'm going to do this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, from day one, I knew about that. So, uh, yeah. I'm I'm fairly certain. I don't don't want to... spoil things but i think that that um i probably shouldn't say this i'll say that i consulted on the next season of ultimate of the ultimate spider-man cartoon uh which is called maximum venom if you're mm-hmm. a fan of our run i would read that i would go watch that right along those same lines caleb evan lyons says how did you land on the grendel design and how many iterations did it go through one yeah uh, one one and done yeah i don't think i don't sweet. have time man <laughs> yeah I, no i, I have yeah, by the time we got there, because the first issue was 30 pages, I was already struggling to keep up, and I <clears throat> I just drew it. I drew it on the page. I didn't yeah. even do a design beforehand. No, there was no sketches or anything. Yeah, I just... that. I mean, that, that's how I feel. Hard to fuck a lot up a times, symbiote dragon. I mean... Yeah, right? Symbiote, dragon, done. Yeah. I can, I can tend to overthink things if you give me the time to, and then I end up unhappy with the design. I was actually very happy with the design. Same as the ancient Venom, like... Yeah. I didn't do drawings of it no, beforehand. Doing, yeah. Donnie's description was pretty solid, so uh, I turned that in, same as I did with the um, symbiote dragon. That was that was the one and only. Now, we went back and forth a few times on Null. Um, yes. Um, yes. And we went, not that much, maybe two, something like that, yeah. two or three, um, but we got there that pretty one, quick. That one was less solid in... Your mind as well. Yeah, so we, totally. We, we were had both to kind figuring of arrive it out. at a conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both figuring it out. Like, there's like, I guess if if you had to dig really deep, uh, you, you you could probably find some of those early sketches of Knowles, huh? Do you have those? There's, I think I have some. Oh, we yeah. should show. I'm those. pretty sure that I saw. I feel like I, I just looked over here because I thought I saw them recently, but I don't see them right now. I don't remember what they looked like. I, I I could probably find them in my email unless you just texted them. To me, but I don't. Yeah. It, he changed a lot. He changed a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We tried all, all kinds of things. Yeah. Back when we had time. Yeah. Early on in the well, because no, it's gonna. I mean, we we, we, we also had the benefit of knowing that those dragons were gonna be, um, for the most part, a one and done thing in that first arc, yeah. um, unless they mm-hmm. come back somehow. Um, but Null, we knew was gonna be around for a really long time, so Null mm-hmm. needed to be. Um, uh, iconic, like Noel right. needed to be a character you could make statues and toys and like recognized mm-hmm. by his silhouette and you know all these things. Um, I love his, I love his final look. I I think yeah, he's one he's of the cool. coolest looking characters. Mm-hmm. I think he's cool so too. Absolutely. Gothy, sexy. Um, 
Well, then, uh, Savino, I hope that answers your question. They had asked about the design process. Of okay. Null, so, um, a disgruntled AI is asking, how much of the story did you have thought up from the first issue? We talked mm-hmm. about that last all of episode. Uh, all of it. It's planned five years, folks. Get ready. AIPT, exclamation point. Oh, Adventures in Poor Taste. Read it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Hey. Well, they're here. They're asking, what's the most surprising thing Marvel lets you do that you were worried they'd say no to? And in a similar vein, Bob Bain asks, is it true we were going to get the first ever Venom Wang, but Marvel made you cover it up? No, Ryan wouldn't draw it. Ryan was a coward. I wanted him to put a dick in there, and he was... He absolutely wouldn't do it. Yeah, Donnie, ke- he keeps begging. He's like, look, let's just really fuck up our careers. That's what I'm saying. Let's no, dude, really- like that fucking. <laughs> no, the, dude, the plan is I buy a, a thousand or so copies of the first printing of it. And then we slip that sweet, sweet dick in there like Batman damned. And it gets yeah. fucking shelved and stuff. And then we're rich because we can get to sell them hoes, dude. That's the mm-hmm. that's the move, bro. Um, true story. I was in Scotland with Brian Azarello, uh, who's a good friend of mine, Baz, as I call him. Um, Baz and I were like the only two um, kind of guests of note, uh, like American, like Western comics, uh, uh, like like Marvel and the DC guys, at this show in Scotland, and um, they did a spotlight panel on just uh, Baz and I. And it was the week Batman Damn number one came out. Um, and so Baz was more than a little grumpy <laughs> at how <laughs> fucking pissed off people were about that bat dick. And um, I was on a panel with Baz, and um, they asked us literally this exact same thing. Uh, a member of the audience asked, has Marvel ever told you that you uh, uh, can't do something or has they ever let you do something that you blah, 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 blah right? And I said, well, I always wanted to put Venom's dick in an issue, uh, but Baz already did it. And the audience laughed, the moderator laughed, but Brian did not. Uh, it, was, it was too fresh in Brian's mind. He did not think that shit was cute. Um, as for the question, I don't know, man. I will say this. There was a lot of not saying no, really, but like editorial was way more hands-on in like the first like three issues or so, because we were all just kind of trying to find our way, and they—that's kind of how it works for the, for the most part. Or I've been fortunate enough um, that that's how it's worked for me. Is they kind of they kind of help you build the ship, and then they get the ship off to sea, and then um, once they kind of know that you and everybody are cool and you're doing everything, and then everything is you know on course, um, they're pretty hands off, man. Like. I mean, again, this book is so planned out. It's it's planned within an inch of its life, so there's never that that many surprises. Um, they've told us, me, well, they've told me that I can't do things um, in absolute carnage. That's been a Ryan was there for some pretty ferocious fights in our little absolute carnage uh, retreat. Um, here's the thing, ad- Donnie and I always advocate for the most uh, extreme. Measures. Yeah, here's the thing. Absolute Carnage was supposed to just be the third arc of Venom. It wasn't... Ryan and I, at least, didn't plan it as an event. Like, I knew that it was going to be big. Like, Carnage wearing the Grendel symbiote and, like, the uh, reawakening Null and that threat and all those kind of things. That was going to be a really big arc, but I always just thought it was going to be a Venom event, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I went into a retreat... I walked everyone through Absolute Carnage. 
Joe Casada and C.B. Sabolsky came and met me in L.A. because I was there and took me out to lunch, and they said, hey, Absolute Carnage is going to be the summer event. Um, and so I was like, well, that's fucking crazy. That's awesome. It's, that's a, it really is an honor to be able to write the, the summer event, right? And like going mm-hmm. like back-to-back with like War of the Realms, who's written by my favorite writer of all time, into this is, is rad. Also, in a summer when fucking Hickman's doing the X-Men, like we are, <laughs> we are loaded for yeah. bear Marvel right now, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fucking rad. And it also just makes everyone up their game, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's a big thing, but all of a sudden, this story that was supposed to be maybe six issues of Venom is now uh, what is now six issues of an event, and then Venom ties into it, and Amazing Spider-Man ties into it, and uh, Miles ties into it, Hulk ties into it. Like, everything is now, like, I'm now quarterbacking, like, a thing that is, like, 50 issues. Yeah, we got to use all the toys. Yeah, to use all of them, right? And so that's the thing, is, like, we went into this, um, we went into this retreat, and I'm just, like, I'm just like pitching, dropping bodies, dude. I'm just like dropping big name <laughs> bodies, and Marvel's just like, dude, no, you can't, you can't do that, you can't do it. And I was just like, yo, I'm not the one who fucking greenlit a murder event, like, <laughs> like Cletus <laughs> Cassidy doesn't take prisoners. Like, I think Ryan did the math and like came into the room, and Ryan was just like, Cletus Cassidy has a body count in like the in like the like the hundreds, like the or what was it? It was like the thousands. It was, it- it was it was either in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. It's, it's like vague. he literally has a body count that like dictators and plagues can be proud of. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> and then I was being told in this room that it was like, well, just make him beat him up. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not really what Cleus Cassidy does, man. You know. So we had to get really creative. And I I will tell you, there's a thing that happens at the end of issue two of absolute carnage that is i am legitimately surprised that they let us do uh there's a you know what i'm talking about ryan not off the top of my head the big thing that happens to that character that will change them forever oh yes of course yes yeah i have the script right here you want me to read it? yeah yeah just read that out loud yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) no there's a big thing that happens to a character that like literally that will be that character's uh it will change that character for the rest of time. Yeah, it'll be a really um, big moment in the and, history. And there's a there's one of those moments in every there's a a history making moment in every issue of Absolute Carnage, um, and I'm shocked that we got away with uh, half of them. So yeah. All right. Well, now I guess me and Ethan just get to sit here for the next fucking two months, just being like, "What the fuck are these yeah, guys yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. Who's dying? Yeah. You guys can come <laughs> over to my office. I'll show you stuff." Dragon Stare. Can the symbiotes in the Clintar planet reach their ancient form? And if so, then how strong are they compared to a pure symbiote bond? This is like a fucking D&D question. Who, um, who is this nerd? <laughs> you need to know the stats, Donnie. Come on. Just call him nerd and move on. Yeah, no, <laughs> I would say, can they? Yeah, I think that that's a form that they can. I think the, the more, like, null... Um, it exerts his control over a symbiote, then yeah. And like, they can absolutely look like that and get turned like that. We've seen Noel has such unbelievable control over symbiotes, even while we're like remote projecting while still in a fucking prison. Like Noel's no fucking joke, dude. He cut a fucking celestial's head off, dude. Like, here's the thing is like, people don't know. Like <laughs> Ryan knows what happens, uh, with Noel. Uh, it's no joke, dude. Uh, I, I, at one point I was talking to Ryan and like, 
it was at the Absolute Carnage retreat, and we started talking about like how that event ends and like what comes after it. And I was like, I was like, man, I really, uh, really don't know how Eddie's gonna get out of this one. <laughs> it's like, like Noel's no fucking joke, man. Like that's a, it's a tough call. Um, but rest assured, uh, you know, there's a plan for everything. Um, yeah, I would to answer the question. Yes, there that ancient form can be accessed if if they are um, controlled or infected by Noel's uh, evil presence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you hear that again, Ethan? They just keep hyping up this absolute carnage thing. This better fucking deliver. Dude. It does. Come on, it's good. It's yeah, <laughs> it's good. I mean, I know we were saying earlier that we were insecure about things, but I'm pretty secure. I'm pretty about fucking absolute proud of carnage. absolute carnage, <laughs> my number one man. Yeah. Hey. As you should be, gentlemen. Um, next up, Rafael Flores. He's, he says, I was amazed by the symbiote's origin in your first arc. Very well thought out and structured and surprising. Then I tracked down Thor, God of Thunder, number six, to know all about the all-black symbiote sword. This uh, He references a splash page by Jackson Guide. He says it was super cool. Were you inspired by it, or is it just a coincidence? That splash page is, is by uh, Butch Geis. Jack, it's Jackson Geis, and he he sometimes is listed as Jackson, but it is Butch, yeah. I think it's probably um, he he's got Jackson listed, and then the the last name was probably autocorrected. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, I thought I was okay. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I got so distracted by that. So the the all black symbiote swords in there. Um, were like the 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 knowledge of the symbiote sword and that sort of story did that inspire you or is it coincidental? Oh or no, that's you whispering in 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 the ear. Super, I mean, that's, the, that's what we used. Yeah, I mean that's super thought out. Yeah, I mean I'm a huge Jason Aaron fan, as we've talked about, and you're gonna hear me, uh, you know, praise that dude forever. Donnie's gonna do another podcast, the Jason Aaron. Praise yeah, podcast. dude, for real. <laughs> it's uh, just praising Aaron. Donnie praising him. Which is what I'll call it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So much easier See, to come up with that. Title. That's you that's why I get paid the medium bucks, boys. Um, uh, that was good. I should just leave. Um, no, I um I. I was reading Thor forever. Thor's one of my favorite characters, and Jason's my favorite writer. And so I've been reading his Thor run forever. And just like when All Black, that sword, when it came out, and like when Gore came out with like the, like how um, Assad like painted him and everything, shit, like looked like a fucking symbiote to me, man, you know? And then when we started designing Null and everything, I started, or like kind of when I was conceptualizing Null, this was before Ryan uh, was like designing him. visually um i went back to that and read back to that uh and like where all black came from and i was like well there's this black god killing these other these golden gods and stuff why why can't that be Noel? like that's Noel. and so we designed Noel's armor to kind of like in that scene i love ryan draws this like these like three panel sequence or something like that where Noel's armor transforms into that armor as he like falls down to the earth and everything. It's so fucking dope. Um, but Jason and I are friends, and we like to... Jason and I like kind of like to play with each other's stuff. Like, if he puts a plot point down, I like to pick it up, and um, vice versa. If you're reading War of the Realms right now, it's a really good um, example where Jason has taken the Venom symbiote and tied it back into All Black, um, and that worked out perfectly with Eddie and Venom uh, 
the, the Venom symbiote separating at the end of the abyss, right in time for War of the Realms for uh, for Jason to pick that up from me. And I'll be picking things up from him from War of the Realms and tying them into Absolute Carnage. And it's just fun, man. It's just like when I was a kid reading comics, that shit always, always really, um, re- really uh, tickled my fancy, if you will. Um, that like he- hearing books kind of like talk to other books, right? We even do it with his... Um, uh, Avengers run, his first run, we do it when Miles and Eddie are swinging to fight the dragon, and Eddie says, why why, why aren't the other heroes here? Like, where are the X-Men? Where's everybody? And Miles is like, I think there's Celestials falling out of the sky. So it just, like, big it helped us. Like, like we, you know, it, it helped us explain why they had to be those dudes who did that and stuff like that. And and then uh, and then seeing, like, Thor's, like, my favorite book, Buck, Buck in the World, and it's such an inspiration, just, like, that's why I plan my shit out so much because like Jason's had Ward the Realms planned out for like seven years. Um, and it's been like mm-hmm. tying towards it and everything. Um, and like now seeing, cause it's the greatest run on Thor of all time. Like, like Walt's, it's Walt Simonson's awesome. yeah. in, incredible, but like I, you know, Jason's written more issues of Thor than any other human being ever has. Um, and I think that when, when, when history, the book of Thor is closed, uh, it'll be Jason. Um, but seeing like the word null, in Thor comics now. I'm like, what the fuck? That counts? Like, that's crazy. You know? And, like, mm-hmm. even when I was writing Doctor Strange, like, Doctor Strange showed up in Thor, and he was a veterinarian. And I was like, oh, shit, that counts? Like, I like the things mm-hmm. I do matter? You know? Um, so it's just fun, shit like that. People are so mystified by the Thor-Venom connection, like, the all-black, like, touching those things. They're like, how did you pull that off? And I'm like, I called my friend Jason. I, I was like, hey, where'd that sword come from? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, can I do it? And he was like, yeah. It's like, it's, and people are like, wow, you guys talk to each other? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's just, we work together. We work at the same place. You know, it's, it's fun. Um, Tom Servo, which parts of the book do you reckon are better than Watchmen by the widest margin? Oh, the parts that are, 100% I can, of it. Yeah, I can be really specific, actually. Ryan's being cover goofy, but I can be specific. Um, <laughs> Every part that's in between this cover and this cover, that's pretty much okay. this whole section yeah. right there. That's that's the part that's better mm-hmm. than Watchmen. Hey, you know what? You know what's good about Venom? We don't have goddamn weird pirate story in the middle of our book. Why is that pirate story? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Listen, I like Watchmen. It's a really profound book. I don't get why people. Um, you read so many, you meet so many people. I'm sure Ryan, people have told you you do this, like, like your aunts and shit who are like, I've never read comics. Well, I mean, I've read, I've read Watchmen. I was like, why would that be your starting point? Like it's an indictment on an entire generation of comics that if you haven't read those comics, like what the fuck does that book mean to you? I guess at that point you, it reads as an indictment upon like the Batman 66 show or like the Pringles man. Like what's your reference point? For for what this is critiquing, right? And it's also the, the most dense, like complicated thing to read. I gun to people's head. Uh, if you ask a hundred people who have read that, fucking ten of them have read that pirate section. I've never read the pirate section. I skip that shit every time. Have you uh, read it? Yeah, I have read it, <laughs> and it didn't enhance the experience. 
You guys just don't get it. Rorschach looks cool. He does look cool. He Do you for understand sure looks that? Cool. You Rorschach know does look cool. No, all the scenes with Rorschach <laughs> is fucking rad, but what I don't need is a fucking thesis statement on the fucking Rorschach's psychiatrist's home life's fucking nephew's milkman. It's just like... Well, what I don't, I don't like is that Alan Moore stole Rorschach from our Absolute Carnage run. Right. And he just based him on Cletus Cassidy. Right. Can I just? It's pretty obvious. Can I, can I just? And, can I just break you, KFAB and say that I'm completely bullshitting and that I've <laughs> I've gone to Alan Moore's house and he's the sweetest man in the world and I probably shouldn't be talking shit uh, like this. I was gonna say he yeah, he, he is it. amazing and of course he is. You can you can believe that he did steal it from Absolute Carnage because he's definitely a time traveler. He's a warlock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say. I mean, Alan Moore is responsible for my favorite comic book ever written. Um. And in fact, oh, in something. this man's opinion, um, the greatest example of what our art form is capable of, which is Miracle Man. Um, if you haven't oh, read Miracle true, Man, yeah. which a lot of people have not, Miracle Man came out before uh, Watchmen. And I think that a lot of the things that he was trying, uh, a lot of the themes and a lot of like the ideas that he had, I think he fucking nailed them in Miracle Man before he ever got to like the kind of the bigger stage that he got later on. So do yourself a favor and go read Miracle Man. It'll I think fuck that you up. Swamp Thing, his first issue of Swamp Thing, well, his whole Swamp Thing run, but the, particularly the first issue, the um, anatomy, anatomy lesson, lesson. Yeah. is a perfect example of what we're trying to do on Venom, where he took all that stuff that was happening yeah. that had happened over time and then consolidated yeah kind of reformed from that it. point on everybody knew what swamp thing was yeah right and that's it been our... kind of seemed nebulous up until he got a hold of it yeah and that's been our swamp thing model forever like that's right you know a guy comes along i mean you see it all the time in comics where someone comes along and like a character's been a little nebulous a little like written you know writers would come in and have different interpretations of it they would have different mm -hmm. voices and stuff and then someone comes along and then just puts a fucking dent in the side of the world and then, like, that character is just, that's that character forever now, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. Frank with Batman, Absolutely. right? I mean, like, Batman was kind of all over the place. And then year one, Dark Knight Returns comes in. All right, well, that's our Batman from now on. Like, we're the yeah. end. That's Batman from now on, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to do that for Venom. I'd, I'd like to be, I'd, I'd like to think that. Um, but I'd, you know. I'd like to think that we have a long career ahead of us doing those. Oh, hey, kinds that's of things. the that's the goal. That's, that's the always got to be the goal. Yeah, to make that dent. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you guys got the tools to do it. I think it's happening right now. You guys are chipping away, making that dent. That's Chip Sadarsky's podcast. Hey, chipping away. Chipping away. <laughs> chipping away on. Chipping away with Zadarsky. We'll, or Chip we'll Savoy. We'll have him guest on a couple episodes, and we'll call those. We'll chipping call those away. Chip, chipping away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, have you guys I'm on seen fire tonight, guys. That's these Tic Tacs I've been fucking jamming on. Get that sugar <laughs> high, baby. That's my wine. He gets to have wine. I get to have a little Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs? Yeah, Hell baby. Yeah. yeah, the fruit the flavor. I'm not a nerd. This is the good shit. <laughs> I literally, you guys, no, I'm not bullshitting. In these two podcasts that we have did, I have fucking downed an entire thing of Tic Tacs. So I'm so fucking tired. And they're just now kicking in. And that's where you get stuff like <laughs> praising Aaron and, and chipping away. It's just a fucking crushing it. Um, anyway, what's have you guys? Uh, have you guys happened to see any of the the Swamp Thing show? I heard that's pretty good, and then it got canceled. I haven't seen it yet, man. I I I never have time to 
watch any of this stuff, man. I I haven't seen it. You haven't no. seen it. I mean, I don't see I don't see shit that isn't uh, animated because I've got yellow babies. Kids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't have that app. Uh, I don't have that DC. If I haven't seen Doom Patrol or fucking um, those, oh yeah, that's a good point. Hey DC, if you ever want us to work for you, give us the let me get free that fucking app. app. Let me get them passwords. Let me get them digits. We don't even we don't even start conversations until we get that app. Uh, Zach says, "Did you discuss any visual changes to the character to go either a uh, Matt Gargan or Flash Thompson style look, or was it always a plan to use the classic look?" Yeah, definitely. Always go classic. Just classic. Yeah, I mean, classic. We're, yeah, we're Venom boys. Yeah, we are Venom boys. We we're not Venom, Venom boys. parentheses Flash Thompson boys or yeah. Venom parentheses mm-hmm. Matt Gargan yeah. boys. We're Venom boys. I never liked. I actually, I actually did like. Um, Gargan's Venom, um, uh, like like when he was in uh, Dark Avengers, like when Diodato drew him, is like that fucking huge, like just massive. Yeah, massive. I liked it. One thing I never liked about Gargan's Venom, it's such a small thing, and Ryan knows what I'm talking about. It's the eyes inside mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. white me, shape. That thing yep. always bugs me. I don't like it's that. It's like an I, orca whale situation. Yeah, yeah, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about, Ryan? I don't like that. Like, yeah, 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 that bugs me. Like real eyes inside of the white shapes? I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally get that. And uh, I think Flash Thompson's Venom look is fucking awesome. Oh, it's killer. It's oh, not, my God. It's not, it's not Flash. So. Yeah, no, of course. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, dude. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Joseph Lyons got a question for each of you. First up, Donnie. Um, how far were you into the story when issue number one was greenlit slash illustrated slash released? I mean, I mean uh, again, we talked about this. We talked about this. Story. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been, been locked up forever. I mean, I, I turned in a Bible uh, for Venom um, mm-hmm. that is relatively unchanged uh, since I wrote it. Uh, like I said, we, one of the big, like, only kind of massive change to it was that we switched around arc one and arc two, which was, worked flawlessly and I think is way better. Um, other than that, though, nothing. And everything's in there. One, that'd be cool if like, if we do the omnibus like in the back of that to just publish that Bible and show how much, like how planned that it's always always been. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, and uh, his second one is also one we, we pretty much talked about. He asks Ryan how he came up with the weird-ass possessed version of Venom. We talked about that, how... Diane's got a pretty solid description, uh, and also a lot it's all of, me. Um, I mean, all, every question just it's just it's just me. You know, it's it's me being a genius and like Ryan kind of just like executing. Yeah, it's I funny because me and Ryan follow. set this up as Ryan's podcast. It's <laughs> slowly just turned into the Donnie Cates show, it seems like, but whatever. Hey, whatever. I can't I can't control we, what the fans want, except that I do, and that's my yeah, job. But we, we do this we do these Venom After Dark things, and I mean it makes sense that that they have more questions about the story you know the writing because what are they gonna ask what pencils do you use (laughs) it's all right ryan next episode is all about renew your vows and superior and scarlet hey i wrote some of that i know you go into that story i fucking know you did we're gonna get there wait is it really is that what the next episode's about hey okay i was gonna say because i'll take that one off (laughs) 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 um it's funny because ryan i remember we were speaking one time and you're like i've always gotten to draw like Spider-Man, but not really. Like never mm-hmm. truly just Peter Pitts, always Kane or Superior with Man. Otto and uh, Renew Your Vows, of course, like this alternate timeline situation. And now here you are with Venom, um, who, of course, is at least a little tangential with Spider-Man. And so... Hey, we got, in Absolute Carnage, we got 
Legitimate. Yeah, real deal, Peter, Peter Parker and dude. Peter ass Parker. Peter, Peter ass Parker. Parker for real, dude. No, y'all don't even know. Like for real, Ryan's Spider-Man. Like how mm-hmm. he draws mm-hmm. Spider-Man in this issue and in this whole event is fucking unreal. It might literally be like my favorite drawings of Spider-Man I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Like, you. you can I, tell. I'm sure that it's. You you can you can tell how much fun Ryan is drawing fucking Spider Man. Like the first yeah. time you see him, the diner scene, the action scenes, everything. Like the attention to detail. Like if he if if he was actually drawing Spider Man, I don't know if he would get this detailed on him. Like the fucking webbing oh. on his hands, dude. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. I'll say this though, uh, you know, mutual admiration society bullshit. But Donnie writes. An awesome Spider-Man. So I like, love writing him. I'm getting to do the exact Spider-Man that I want to do right now in this book. So it it, it is it, it is it comes pretty easy. I I uh, I never have more fun at my job than when I get to write Peter Peter Parker. It, it's is I've known that kid since I was born, and I just mm-hmm. I love him so much. Like it's really it's actually kind of hard writing Eddie certain times, um, but Peter's. Just a blast, and I, 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 I fought, I fought like tooth and nail in the room in the first issue to just get a scene where Eddie Brock and Peter Parker sit down in a diner and just fucking talk for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's my favorite bit in the entire run. It's because it's just these guys talking and Peter just being so put out with Eddie's emo dark horse shit. <laughs> yeah, something out of I like believe- heat. That'd be sweet. His whole his whole attitude. I won't, I'm not giving anything away, but uh, Peter's whole attitude during the whole thing is like, "Come on, I fucking hate this shit." <laughs> yeah, he's just so over it. God he's like gods. It. He's like you're doing gods. He's like, what happened to like <laughs> yeah. like uh, like crazy digging machines in San Francisco? <laughs> like you bring me gods, dude. Right. Yeah, it's great. I, unrestrained, I'll end up doing like all all the dialogue for <laughs> the entire issue. I love him. Hey, I I know I I speak for a whole bunch of people when I say we're super excited to uh, to see that um, because God damn it, Brian Stegman's Spider Man. Period. Is it Kane? Is it Otto? Doesn't fucking matter. It looks awesome. It looks fucking awesome. Uh, so we're we Thank are you. super excited for that shit. Um, so then, how was it? I guess you know we've got uh, Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. I think are killing it over on Amazing. Absolutely. How was it? Did you guys uh, work with them at all to to? bring this all together and talk about where Peter's at, where he's going and so on. Um, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we kind of have to, right. I mean, like it's, um, again, it's gonna, it's, I mean, you, when you do these things and I, I've done, uh, a, a very, very small event. I did a Dr. Strange event that didn't have nearly as many tie-ins or anything, but, um, you have to work with everybody, you know, from Al Ewing on Hulk, uh, to, um, the, you know, the creative teams on, on books that aren't even really going to be like directly tying in. I, you know, you have to talk to Tana Hisi about like what, what we're going to do with cap. If cap's in it, we have to talk to uh, Jonathan. If Wolverine's going to be in it, you got to talk to everybody about everything, you know? And luckily that's what these treats are. These retreats are really uh, good about, but yeah, you know, again, it comes down to like our current crop at Marvel right now. Our current crop of writers is really cool because we're all genuine friends. Um, and I, I'm not just saying that to like bullshit, like every single person in that room, I'm, I'm, I'm 
friends enough with to call at any time and 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 beat out story and stuff. And um, and Nick Spencer's way at the top of that list of of, of good buddies of mine. Um, and it's really cool because like I don't know if you've ever seen Nick Spencer, but like if you were to look at Nick Spencer and then look at me in a room. You could very clearly tell which one of us writes Amazing Spider-Man, which one of us writes Venom, like because he looks <laughs> like Peter Parker, like he looks <laughs> just like a drawing of Peter Parker, and I just look like some weirdo goth dude. So you're like, well, that's Venom, okay? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so to answer the question, yeah, 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 of course. Um, you know, what's cool about this though is that like I can't stress this enough that even though Peter is in it, um, this is Venom's event. This is this is Eddie Brock's show. So it's kind of cool, is that like. For the first time in ever, like Amazing Spider-Man kind of has to pivot around Venom, right? Mm, right? It's normally the other way around, you know, which Spencer is happy to do because uh, he thinks it's rad and um, he thinks the story's cool. And he's doing some stuff later in the year that you get to trade in those favors. He's going to he's gonna need uh, some of my toys uh, for a little while, oh. so it's okay. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Sweet. Um, Ed says Venom number one came to Brazil this month, so I oh, need cool. to know: Is Alan Moore angry not having Watchmen in the best comic ever pedestal? That's right, we're still trashing Watchmen. What's up? Uh, I, I mean, I went to his house and talked to him. He seemed pretty nice. I don't, I don't know if if he was aware <laughs> that he was going to lose the prize in Brazil at the time. Um, I'll go back and ask him next year. You know what? <laughs> I would say this. Uh, I don't even think he knows that Venom exists. No, there's no fucking <laughs> way. There's no way he knows about this whole better than Watchmen thing at all. And like, people think right. that I legitimately went to his house and talked to him about it. I did go to his house. I did talk to him. But you guys have got to be out of your fucking mind if you think that I brought up that my Venom book. Well, by is, the way, we've been trashing your yeah, book. Yeah, uh, just by the by. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this stupid Twitter campaign that me and my friend are doing where we're trashing you. <laughs> no, I talked to him about fucking Miracle Man and fucking, you know, good comics. Um, <laughs> no, there's no way he knows about it. But you know what? The Better Than Watchmen thing is some of the coolest, weirdest marketing ever. And it resulted in two things. One amazing and one uncomfortable. The most amazing thing is our variant cover that mm-hmm. Dave Gibbons drew for us. That's the only... Uh, Watchmen homage out there in the world drawn by the dude who fucking drew Watchmen, which is insane that someone at Marvel was able to talk him into it and he just thought the joke was funny enough. Um, The uncomfortable thing is that people bring copies of Watchmen to Ryan and I to sign and they want us to write (laughs) like fuck Watchmen and shit in it and it always (laughs) feels like pissing on a bible like it feels really uncomfortable to do it but i always do it but i'm always just like please please don't put this online (laughs) (laughs) um nolan burrow asks at what point did you decide to make the comic both dope and metal as fuck answer it was born that way next yeah yeah next yeah next Uh mark yoon how did you guys go about choosing the variant covers? Interesting, you just brought the variant covers up. Do you have any say in no, that? No, we don't have yeah, any say over the ship. I still I didn't see them. Yeah. Well, Devin would send them to us. Sometimes, Devin will send the main variants to us. But, like, right. the store-exclusive variants, I I don't see until people bring them to me to sign. And, like, there's been yeah. so many times where I see a cover, and I'm like, is this ours? And they're like, yeah, that's 
uh, a store in Brisbane, Australia. I was like, fucking cool. All right, man. And then like, so uh, go ahead. So uh, some I I didn't see that Kevin Nolan one till I yeah. uh, somebody brought it up to me and I was like, well, I would have fucking liked to know that Kevin Nolan was drawing Null, a character that I co-created. Yeah. you know. Um, in like the second print covers and like third print covers and stuff and like that, it's always just interior art and we never see that. The only one that I was privy to on an email was when they was it our fifth printing of Venom number one where they used this your sketch for the first. Cover it's like all but a napkin doodle that he did yeah. as like a proof of concept. And I saw that one. I was and like, I was, it's nothing. You, it's nothing. I don't know if you guys want to use this. And they're like, oh no, that's great. We'll use it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the hardest cover to sign ever because there's like yeah. nowhere that a marker will show up on it. Right. It's all fucking marker. Yep. So yeah, we never see anything. Great. Um, uh, Gabriel Boulian. How did Chip Zdarsky come to be your inspiration for everything? Is that a Chip Zdarsky uh, like side account that he uses? I think like I think this is directed actually towards um, towards chipping away and, um, and uh, <laughs> chipping away. What the, what the fuck? What the fuck was the other one? <laughs> uh, our new our, our side show chipping uh, away. Praise and Aaron Yeah, sorry, and no, I got the chipping away doc open. Sorry, one sec. Let me get back to the Venom boys. Um, but that's a question for you, Ryan. That fucking Chip Zdarsky beef that you had. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do on Twitter is have beefs. 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 Yeah. Uh, beefs. Fake we didn't beef boys. Well, hey, there's no beef to be had with Zdarsky after life story because that shit's fucking awesome. So Whatever. <laughs> Fuck that Canadian that, asshole. Yeah, still fucking... <laughs> No, Chip's one of my favorite human beings on the fucking face of the earth. He, um, I, I took a shot at him in Venom. It's in the second arc when Dylan is like, there's a kid at my school who thinks that Spider-Man is... Or it's like, there's a kid at my school named Chip who thinks that Spider-Man is better than <laughs> Venom or some shit. He didn't think it was funny as I did. You know, you um, know Chip Starsky's first ever um, uh, interior art for Marvel uh, was with me. In That's uh, awesome. Doctor Strange, when Peter talks to a spider, my most the thing I'm the most proud of in my entire career. Oh well, that's nice to know, Donnie. Huh? What's up? Next. Ryan? Oh no, I'm sorry, Ryan. I meant that. That's I care. I'm more proud of that than like our stuff. Right. Right. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go, 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 go. All right. Yeah. Just get the fuck out, Ryan. <laughs> Are you Chip Zdarsky? Yeah. Beat no. Chip. <laughs> is that the question <laughs> um all right last question ryan bauer asks should i reread maximum carnage for this event uh, you don't i mean i think that you would get a better um like there's like some like in jokes Key player stuff yeah there's like some characters that show up that are there and there's like uh, maybe some in jokes here and there, but like plot wise, no. Mm-hmm. Like it's not related to Maximum Carnage at all. It like in so maybe much as you just read like a a synopsis because that's a long series. It's, a, it's fourteen I read it issues, fourteen I think, parts? isn't it? How long is it's it? It's fourteen parts, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine putting out a book nowadays that's fourteen parts? It's bananas. Um, it was the '90s, man. Different it's '90s, yeah. <laughs> Comic books sold back then crazy um no i uh, the plots are completely different even though it it has carnage all you need to really if like the the bare bones that you need to read to understand absolute carnage is uh venom rex 
Venom Volume 1 Rex, and the one-shot Carnage Born. Um, yep. That's the bare bones. Um, if you want to add on to that, um, Venom Venom Unleashed, written by Ryan Stegman. I was getting there. Venom Unleashed. (laughs) um, uh, 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 Fucking uh, Cult of Carnage. Um, But really, just the most bare bones. Like, where does that carnage come from? And who is this cat? No, that's all you need. Sweet. Yeah. No, that's... Hey, that's an important thing for us to say. There's been a lot of those questions on Twitter. So hopefully, if people listen... There's a lot of tie-ins. Yes, people seem upset about that. But... My attitude is you can read just the main series. Totally. And I think that you're going to like the main series so much that you're going to want to read the mm-hmm. tie-ins. But you don't have to read the tie-ins to get the whole event. Yeah. Like, that's that's important to us, to me, that they know that. Because I understand how they feel about events and how the, you know they can get pricey or whatever. But mm-hmm. the key is I think we're going to draw – we're going to push them towards those tie-ins because – they're going to like what they read so much. Yeah. They don't have to. If you can't afford it, whatever. Maybe someday you'll come to it. But, and what's cool yeah, about it, too, can... is that like the, like, the, like the ongoing books that it touches, um, those books are fucking rad. I mean, it's touching Amazing, yeah. amazing Spider-Man and um, uh, uh, the um, Immortal Hulk, for God's sakes, and, you know, um, right. and Miles. Those books are already rad, and so I hope that people who are enjoying those books will... Uh, read those tie-ins and maybe get interested in the main thing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they feed both ways. Yeah, 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 totally. And so I, yeah, Ryan's totally right. I mean, you, you can read Absolute Carnage, um, and I'll fucking, I mean, I'll throw myself under the bus. Like, if you really want to be bare bones, if you're on a budget, you have kids or fucking, you know, you, you work two jobs or anything, you can literally, literally just read Absolute Carnage and not even read Venom, and you'll be fine. And I'm fucking writing Venom. So like you know, uh, I'm I'm writing everything that like the the two things that I write, I'm writing them in such a way that if you read them both, then that's um, uh, gonna enhance your experience. But if you just read one, if you just read Venom, that's a full complete story, and Absolute Carnage is a full complete story. So you'll be just fine. And also, if you're really on a budget, give me ten bucks. I'll tell you everything. Yeah. That also, or just listen <laughs> to this free podcast. Uh. In, we'll in a few months, eventually. we'll do a director's commentary of Absolute Carnage number one that'll take us six hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 60 pages. Yeah. <laughs> that projects to about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were also a lot of people asking about an Easter egg that only you two know about. We're never going to tell you guys. That it's there's, never happening. I, 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 I promise it's real. There you go, folks. Um, I think that's going to do us for this week for episode two of Venom Boys. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I've been uh, your host, your moderator, Griffin Sheridan. I am uh, part of a duo over here with producer Ethan Smith. He's at Tales to Assange. I'm at uh, Griff Sheridan. And we are the Rewind Boys. We do Spider-Man Rewind, going through a complete chronological story of Spider-Man. So check us out at Spidey Rewind. And I've been talking to Ryan Stegman, Donnie Cates, Gentlemen, what do you have to say for yourselves at the end of episode two here? Good work, Griffin. Yeah, we did it, guys. <laughs> We're really, I can't wait to jump right into episode three in about six seconds. We'll all get a bite to eat, and we'll just, we'll just bang this bad boy out. Just uh, like you know, just like you, you, you're saying, you got five years of Venom planned out. Let's just do the next. Let's just five do years it all right now. Right now, let's do the Venom movie director's cut. The commentary I mean, were, track right now. Were you planning on sleeping tonight? I don't sleep, bro. You know me.
uh, we're now, we're in the future, we're later. Uh, Ryan and I are sitting down. We're going to take some emails that you guys sent us uh, after we dropped episode one. Uh, you guys have been phenomenal in, in the response that we've been getting to that episode. You guys are awesome with your, your outpouring of support and love uh, for the show. And uh, hey, thank you so much for that. Uh, first off, it's super awesome to see you guys enjoying it. Um, so first, uh, we got uh, an email from Daniel Poor. Uh, so for, I guess first off, uh, sorry guys, some of you had had thoughts directed at uh, directed at Donnie. Donnie is not with us right now, um, but hey, keep an eye out because he'll be back on the show uh, at some point in the near future. If he survives Australia. If he survives, yeah. Australia is a dangerous place, it seems like. It's, it's, oh, they yeah. Got, they got kangaroos and shit mm-hmm. driving Ubers or something. Punching people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than absolute carnage, uh, any team-ups or temporary crossovers planned? Keep up the good work, Danny. Other than absolute carnage, any other team-ups? Um, let's see. I mean, we, Donnie and I, I and I, I guess I'm kind of speaking for Donnie right now, but we have, you know, the whole thing's planned out as we kind of said in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Down the line. Yeah. I mean, okay. there's all kinds of crazy stuff coming up, but um, I can't tell you any of it. But yes, Obviously. I mean, of course. But first, Absolute Carnage. By Absolute Carnage, every single issue. A yeah. million times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all the variants. Everybody has to buy every single variant. Uh, all right. So next one is from Logan Wessel. It says, Dear Donnie and Ryan, I was just wondering about the design of the possessed symbiote. You've talked about how you guys signify various scenes throughout the book with the color red to indicate horror and the looming shadow of the upcoming event, Absolute Carnage. Did you also pick red to put on the Venom symbiote because the original design for the black suit back in 1984 had a red spider logo on it instead of the white? Specifically, the Randy Schuler design. Thus, the symbiote, when it is possessed, is reverting back to the primordial form it originally had when the design itself was created. Is this correct? Uh, he also asks, or was this just coincidental? Uh, can you send questions via email? Is it best to go through Twitter? Sorry if this is causing inconvenience. Of course it hasn't caused any inconvenience, Logan. We love hearing from you. Um, yeah, you can send questions via Twitter or the email. Um, it's it's whatever you prefer, but uh, either way is good for us. But anyway, Ryan, the design. Um, well, I wish we were that smart, but uh, <laughs> the reason that the primordial symbiote symbiote's uh chest emblem is red was really just frank uh, martin's choice um he uh i i didn't send him any color notes on how to color this character when i sent him the pages i mean sometimes we're just moving at such breakneck speed that uh that doesn't even come into consideration so uh, and plus, Frank's, you know, he's a color genius. He, I'm not great with color. I know that. Like, I, I think in black and white. And so, um, you know, when you have a good colorist, it's, that's part of the, the why you want to have a great colorist, because they can handle stuff like that. So he sent it back. And it was not at all what I had envisioned, but it was better than what I envisioned. So that's where we landed on that. But also, we're super smart, and we think of everything. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, this next one is from Marcos. Mm-hmm. How's it going, guys? My name is Marcos Sandoval. 
Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing any names. Uh, I think Sandoval. Best. Sandoval, sure. Awesome, wonderful. Uh, and I want to start off by saying that this podcast is immediately something I'm hooked on. I'm sort of new to comics about two years in, and Donny Kate's books have uh, opened up a whole new appreciation for comics. Uh, my personal favorite book from Donny is Doctor Strange Damnation, but that's besides the point. Hearing both Ryan and Donny talk about Venom is, for lack of a better word, refreshing. I never heard a writer slash artist talk about their book when it's still so young. At least, I didn't know where to look. I cannot wait for another episode. Thank you guys for being the creatives you are and looking forward to more. P.S. Absolute Carnage has been haunting me this whole summer. It's kind of like a court date you know you have coming up. It's that intense. <laughs> well, thank you. That's great to hear. Uh, yeah, I think that um, a lot of people have gotten hooked on the... There, there's like a whole Donnie universe that's happening now in the Marvel Universe with the way that he's... Um, uh, he weaves his stories together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they go between the um, different books. So, you know, Silver Surfer Black just had an appearance from a character that I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. um, that appears in our book. Uh, so it's really cool to hear. And I, I this is what got me excited about comics when I was younger. So, um, I mean, it's awesome. I, I think that uh, Absolute Carnage is going to be completely bonkers and you know, one of the memorable Marvel events. That's that's just me speaking as a fan of Donnie's and what he's written. I mean, I can't speak... I think I'm pretty good at drawing, but <laughs> I can't speak to if people are going to love what I've done on it, but I love the story. So uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, Donnie and I, I think we'll probably... I, I want, we want to do more... Um, a lot more of the commentary episodes. So mm-hmm. uh, he's he's out of town right now. So next week, I'm not sure if if the next one will be with Donnie, but um, I know that we've got some other guests lined up, and uh, you know we'll always come back to Venom Boys episodes where we go through issue by issue and mm-hmm. rant and rave about our own uh, product. <laughs> It's going to be the best goddamn Marvel event you've ever read, I think is what Ryan's trying to say here. Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. you better believe that when Absolute Carnage number one drops, we're going to be doing uh, director's commentary on that. So stay tuned, Marcos. Thanks so much for the email. He does have a, he has a theme song suggestion. He suggests that we use Half Forgotten Daydreams by John Cameron. Um, Okay. Which, which I'd never heard. <laughs> did you Did you go listen to it? I did. It's like it's like this sort of chill, sort of jazzy, sort of deal. Uh, I dug it. It's pretty neat. And uh, hey, we just might, Marcos. Watch yourself. Yeah. Let's see. It's in the budget. <laughs> no song uh, is too expensive for this show. <laughs> Let's see what uh, Alex Bender has to say. Says hi, Stegman and friends. I just finished listening to the first episode, and I loved it so much. Uh, I like being able to put a voice to the creators. I just wanted to send a quick email response and your request for any recommendations for your opening music for the podcast. Uh, I definitely think doing some metal guitar riffs would be awesome for your intro and outro beats. Uh, You could absolutely do some random riffs, which would uh, go perfect with the atmosphere of this podcast. Another recommendation that came to mind immediately would be using some sampling or midis of stuff you guys listen to when you work. I know Donnie referenced uh, his love for Pantera uh, and another Carnage-specific song, which I can't remember the name of or 
tracked down at the moment. Um, after following these guys on this Venom run and hearing their conversations in this podcast, I just think something heavy and metal would be a great addition to this. Just a subtle or not so subtle way of acknowledging how metal and dope these guys and their work is. Uh, love the work and the podcast. Can't wait to hear the next one. Hope this recommendation helps. Alex Bender, like the robot. Yeah, I mean, that's Donnie and I, when we do signings and stuff, Donnie will put on music usually, and we tend to uh, gravitate towards the heavier, you know, more metal type stuff because it just kind of fits with the vibe of this book. I'm not the biggest metal guy in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm more <laughs> of like a hip hop guy or mm -hmm. classic rock, but. Um, I agree. I think that that's the tone of this book for sure. Absolutely, and I think uh, if this were if this were a Venom centric podcast, I think those uh, those would be right on the money. Yeah, I think maybe, um, maybe for the Venom Boys yeah, episode specifically. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, but thanks so much for uh, for for the support, Alex. Uh, we're glad that you found the show, and uh, hope you continue listening. Just so everybody knows, Griffin did tell me that we got a bunch of. We even got people like offering music uh, mm -hmm. for us to play. So we're going to go through all that stuff. We just, you know, haven't had the chance yet, but that's yeah. pretty exciting. For uh, for everybody that's sent in uh, stuff, so I've got like um, Jeff or uh, Teflon Beast uh, and, and J-Rum Music. You guys have sent in some stuff. Um, we haven't had time to listen to it. We're going to listen to it. Um, and uh, hey, stay tuned and uh, maybe you hear it uh, on the show uh, at some point. Um, who else we got? We got Joseph uh, Witkowski. He says, I've been reading Venom since I was a wee lad, and I have to say that your run has been undoubtedly the best since Lethal Protector. Uh, while I'm not one to listen to podcasts, I knew immediately I had to listen to all of this. Thank you guys for your beautifully dark sense of humor, the in-depth look at issue one, and reassuring to me that the comic community is the best uh, ever. Keep oh, it up and come down to North Carolina for a convention sometime. I'm going to need my five issues of Absolute Carnage 1 signed. Uh, sincerely Joe all right we'll be there I'm sure that we'll <laughs> once this uh, event's done I'll, I'll be doing I mean Donnie's just at every show so mm -hmm. but uh once this event's done I'll I'll, I'll ramp up my uh, convention appearance situation <laughs> yeah we'll make it down to you Joe um, and uh, unless unless everybody hates it and <laughs> then I'm just gonna go into a hole and no, it's okay. If everybody hates it, we'll still ride the wave of everybody loving this podcast. So we'll just yeah. go do like a live episode down there and we'll just skip over. I'll just, and I'll just do what I always do, which is even if they hate it, I'm just going to tell them that they loved it. <laughs> it I control this narrative. <laughs> oh my goodness. Who, who else? Uh, Christopher Chartier, uh, Jacques, Jacques. <laughs> it's a very French Jacques? name. Jacques J J A C Q U E S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Jacques. Jacques. What is C H R T I E R? Chartier. 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 Jacques. Uh, <laughs> my roommate speaks French. It's okay. I can do the. I can do the voice. Um, he he's got one. A byline says a suggestion, and then the email gets in. And he says suggestion is a lie. I only write to say thanks, and it's nice to have this kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Can't wait for more, Christopher. Well, that's exactly why we did it. That mm -hmm. Honestly, like that's the whole impetus behind this is that uh, there, I feel like there used to somehow in this um, in this world of Twitter and social media, somehow it feels like it's become 
less of a thing where you get to hear from the creators. I don't know why, mm-hmm. because I felt like I felt like I knew Todd McFarlane personally from the Spawn Letters page back in the day. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. I feel like now, you know, you get tweets and you get little bits of stuff, but you don't get anything in depth anymore. So yeah. that's honestly why we, we're doing this. Yeah, I mean, you, you're kind of right on the money there. You know, we, we're in a world where everybody's got a camera in their pocket and everybody has definitely has the means to to do a podcast just right in their home. Um, right. And so uh, obviously there's a lot out there um, and especially talking about comics and uh, and, you know, things adjacent to it, movies and such. Um, it, but for some reason, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of people talking about other people's content. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we really wanted to, yeah, flip the script on that and have people talk about their own content because I mean, it wasn't I, out there. I love talking about myself. I also, I do think it's funny. I've noticed this thing in my family, like when I put this on Facebook, they all reply to me. And inevitably, whenever I do anything that's not drawing a comic book, like if I appear, I've been on the news before or in the newspaper, my family gets so excited and uh, this is no different where they're like, they're like, congratulations, as if like anybody can't just have a podcast, <laughs> you know, you point a microphone at your face and you talk and then you upload it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they all act like it's like I, I've been gifted this thing or something. Um, but they're, they all seem super impressed by the fact that now we're, uh, you know, chatting on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'll have an issue of Amazing Spider-Man or you know, Spider-Man come out back in the day and they're just like they don't know what that means. They're like mm-hmm. the, sure. how many mm-hmm. of there are these a month? You know, or <laughs> se- there's 75? We don't know. You're talking to how many people on the internet? Yeah. Dope. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Okay. Uh and and sort of to wrap us up. <laughs> We have uh, a wonderful email from um, somebody that me and producer Ethan know uh, very well. And this is Gemma Percival, a.k.a. Uh, Spider-Girl Gemma Nicole. Uh, she's a big fan of our, of our show and often writes into us. And uh, she's made the jump. And she's got, uh, she's got a whole bunch of stuff for us. So here we go. Dear Ryan, Griffin, Donnie, and Silent Ethan. First off, I thought I remembered, might have misremembered, you being called Don in the episode, but everywhere else your name was written as Donnie. Do you have a preference? Uh, if so, I will use that as appropriate uh, as appropriate in any emails for fan art. Ryan, do you know, is it Don, Donnie? Was he- it's, Don, it's Donnie. It's his legal name. He's not Donald either. His legal oh. name is Donnie. Okay, so. sweet. Yeah. There you go, Jim. Absolutely. Um, second of all, the podcast was an absolute delight and I can't wait for more. And I am very glad that 14 year old Griffin made some solid connections. You and me both, Gemma. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I've attached some uh, fan quote unquote art for y'all below. Uh, further after the signature, I'll attach, um, um, I'm gonna skip that. So I've attached some fan art for y'all below. Um, thanks for the fantastic content and I can't wait for more. Sincerely, Gemma. Uh, P.S. Griffin, the one of you with a beard is because they mentioned you having a beard, but as you know, this is the only straightforward headshot I have of you, so I added an appropriate beard, and that is why uh, why that's there. So she has a whole bunch of fan art for us. Um, and you can keep awesome. an eye on the, the Twitter and the Instagram uh, for it. She's She's gone ahead and taken this picture of me from seven years ago, because it's the only one uh, on our on our podcast page, and added a beard to it. 
Uh, I wish my beard was this glorious. Let's see. I can probably show you right on there, Ryan. That's me. <laughs> <the beard. laughs> um, and then she's got one of uh, of Thor from uh, from the first Thor film where he's in that cafe. And instead of it being a cup of coffee, uh, it's it's the uh, the album art for the podcast, and it says uh, this podcast. I like it. Another. That's uh, awesome. And uh, and that's great. This one is a little bit. <laughs> this is a little bit of a mystery to me. I'm not 100 percent sure what the meaning on this one is. Um, I'll show it to you, Ryan. So it's this like sort of MS Paint sort of situation here. Mm-hmm. Donnie, Donnie is this very crude image of um, of boulders in the ocean. Ryan, on the other hand, is a very beautiful, detailed version. Um, <laughs> Ethan and I speculated about what what she's getting at here. Perhaps that Donnie is like you know, it just gives you the outline and says you know Ryan, vague make ideas. This look dope, yeah, and then you make it look dope. Uh, right. I'm going to assume that's more or less what it is. Donnie also at one point mentions that uh, he, uh, when he was first starting off uh, writing issue one, uh, he said there might have been a scene where Eddie was like, I don't know, with an had an axe or was killing a bear or something like that. So she's photoshopped Topher Grace, who of course is <laughs> Eddie Brock in uh, Spider-Man 3, <laughs> killing a bear. Uh, so that's nice. This one, this one <laughs> might be my favorite. So... Here it is, Ryan. Um, these are screen oh caps God. from Oliver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, Ryan is, I don't know, I haven't seen Oliver. I don't know what the correct verbiage is, but you know, Ryan's face is on the head of the orphanage. Uh, I am on the, the little assistant. And um, Donnie's face is on Oliver's, and he is holding, um, he's holding real pencils uh penciled pages of um of venom or uh, absolute carnage i can't quite tell it looks like venom uh asking please sir may i have some more can i have some more of your pencils <laughs> ryan what do you he say to none. that none get out of here <laughs> um and then in the bloopers of our last episode we said uh, maybe handsome boy modeling school is the name of the show and that's more or less what the what it would look like right there <laughs> that's so, a Handsome Boy Modeling School, I, I, it's this, um, it's a band that I like, and they also, they name themselves after an episode of the old TV show, Get a Life, Nice. Uh, with Chris Elliott, so mm-hmm. I, I imagine we'd be infringing if we actually named it something like that. Whoops. Nah, we only just sort of stole it from another mm-hmm. famous cartoon, it's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> Gemma's got some other stuff for us, including our very first Apple Podcast review, um, folks, if you want, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it right here on the show. Um, you, if you got five stars for us, if you got one star for us, we want to hear your thoughts on the show. So whatever you got, throw it at us. Uh, and yes, we're finally on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for your patience, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea why it took so ri- ridiculously long for us to get on there. Um, but for some reason it did. Uh, and, you know, you got to wait to get approval for these things and all that stuff. So we're on Apple Podcasts officially. Google Podcasts will follow uh, in, in suit very soon. Uh, same with Stitcher and Spotify. Everybody's asking about Spotify. Trust me, we'll be on there. Um, you have to reach five episodes before you can submit Spotify. So give us a few weeks and then uh, we'll be everywhere. You can't stop the show. It's going to be 
It's going to be on every single thing you could. We're going to invent new platforms to mm -hmm. put this show on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stegcasts. It's mm -hmm. just we're the only podcast on there. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gemma has a an iTunes review for us. It's a doozy, folks. So strap in. Uh, it's titled Venom Boys, aka Not for Nerds, sunglasses emoji, brackets, absolutely for nerds. Uh, she gives us five stars. The Venom symbiote is often depicted as a creature that empowers the host in a way they never thought possible, often filling emotional holes that they never knew were there. It is because of this reasoning that I fear this podcast may itself be one such symbiote, because listening to the first episode has created a similar reaction in myself. There are many ways that I can and will describe this podcast, but the first and foremost of these reactions is that I am absolutely in love. As an avid fan of Griffin from his other projects, I must admit that there was a great deal of trepidation on my part that this podcast and scary new, to me, hosts would fail to meet my expectations, that it would fail to match the expectations that I built up through those other works. Well, this is certainly not what I expected, but honestly, that is a very good thing. Very early in the first episode, they discuss wanting to separate Venom from the long shadow of Spider-Man and make them a masterful creation in their own right. Not better or worse, but different in a way that is truly beautiful. And ultimately, while this is not what I expected, it has already crafted its own corner in my heart and is truly beautiful. I am overjoyed that I have had the opportunity to listen to this work. Further, I look forward to knowing that in the months and, fingers crossed, centuries, and she says, okay, fine, years, but hey, a gal can dream, to come, I will have this podcast and its personable host to look forward to on a regular basis. This podcast is one that any fan would be truly gifted to look into because it does what few, if any, others are able to do. And honestly, I think this is the only one quite like it. This podcast gives the perspective of lifelong Venom fans, best pals, and self-proclaimed soulmates who also just so happen to be the spearheads charged with the creation of the masterpiece they're discussing. They are able to shine a unique light on the perspective of the character, their understandings, the reasonings behind their decisions, and ultimately how we get the issues that were printed. The two know each other uh, well enough to build up each other creatively, and that seems to hold twice as true when it comes to their personal interactions. They may have started as a quick gimmick to beat their peers into podcasting, winky face, uh, but each episode you get the in-depth full story from the best pals with all of the information, even the info that won't be out for a long while. You'll never meet any individuals with a more clear enthusiasm nor knowledge about what, uh, what they are crafting, and this podcast offers a nice and insightful look behind the scenes with each bit of trivia, reasoning, connection, deep artistic choice, and plain honesty that comes to manifestation. Each tangent steals the show, making it that much more worth listening to. This, uh, this process is only fueled to a delightful endgame by Griffin, lifelong fan, and surrogate voice of the people. Um, he helps to aid in smooth communication with the audience and brings forth audience questions about the topics at hand. I can't wait to see what more this team has in store. Give them a listen. It's worth your while. Oh my God, Gemma. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's our first review too. I it's mean, I, like, I, technically our gate. only review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out of the gate. Just like, <sighs> um, yeah, yeah, that is, that's, I mean, Gemma. I don't know. I, I, we've talked about it a million times on Spidey Rewind, and you, you've, you've brought it on over here. You blow me away with how much, uh, first off, what a wonderfully crafted review. Um, yeah. It just, it just sounds so good. Um, and uh, thank you very much for... Uh, it might again. be the best part of the show so far. 
<laughs> just uh, loving what we're doing here um, and, and being so loyal to come over. Um, and I'm so glad that you are, are enjoying what we're doing here as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's probably the most baddest thing ever. Uh, I, she said she came over um, for me, Ryan, just wanted to make that yeah. very abundantly clear. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> Ryan and, uh, and Donnie and the plethora of other guests that we're going to have on the show are, are so awesome. Um, and, uh, it's, it's super great to be able to sit here and talk to, to all of them. And, um, I'm glad that people seem to be cool with the, with that. And, um, yeah, goodness gracious, Gemma, thank you. Uh, we look yes, forward to, you, to hearing from you again. And, uh, and of course we'll keep an eye out, uh, for your fan art on the, on the pages. Oh, I almost forgot. Gemma, uh, also sent us, uh, a possibility for, uh, for the uh, for the intro, uh, she says that she'd never done music or anything before. She sent us this sort of uh, like '80s, '90s sort of techno inspired uh, thing, and so uh, like we said, Gemma, we haven't uh, been able to uh, to listen just yet, but uh, we definitely will. And to keep your ears to the ground and, and see if it pops up on the show. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody that emailed in. Uh, again, if you if you want us to read uh, one of your things right here on the show, you can email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com, uh, and, and we'll chat about it uh, right here on the show. So uh, next episode, can we should we talk about next episode? Do we want to make that announcement? Uh, no. Okay, dope. Just to make sure that we get it first. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, one of my, you know, the, the conceit of the show will be, uh, you know, we'll have Donnie on when we can, but, but I have uh, accumulated... A lot of friends. I've been called a friend collector before. <laughs> uh, so I uh, will be having a lot of, you know, people that, in the industry that I've been friends with for a long time. And uh, one, the, the guy that we're hoping to get um, next week will be, um, he's one of my closest friends and he's been a close friend of mine for, it's a crazy amount of time now. I'm thinking like 12 years or wow. something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, keep your um, eyes we'll on make the uh, announcement. Yeah, when it's when it's ready. Yeah, on Twitter, keep your eyes peeled to Twitter because, of course, when we do announce who it's going to be, we'll also say, "Hey, if you got any questions for him, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's where you'll tweet uh, tweet him at us right there, and it'll be a nice sort of consolidated place for those." But yeah, otherwise, any thoughts? Stegmanandfriends at gmail dot com. And Stegman like I show said, on Twitter. Yes, at Stegman Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so keep an eye on all those to stay up to date on the show and uh, so obviously some, some cool behind the scenes stuff. Um, you can now officially subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So please go ahead and do that. Otherwise, you know, you can hear the show on our website, stegmanfriends.com. Um, and uh, it's, it's popping up in so many other places um, as we speak. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to uh, another episode. And uh, uh, unless, Ryan, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, just thanks to everybody. I, we've been really overwhelmed with support, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited that people seem excited yep. because uh, you know we're not screaming into a void here. Uh, clearly, there is something to this, so uh, we're gonna keep doing it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks a lot for listening to Stegman and his amazing friends. We'll catch you next week.
Oh, guys, I have good news. Uh oh, my wife just bought me wine. Uh oh, wine is here. Show's early. over. <laughs> Show's early. over. Um, done.